Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Wednesday, October 11th. Coming up, supporters of abortion rights in Missouri are weighing what approach a potential 2024 ballot initiative should take toward expanding reproductive health care access. We must have a different assessment of what Missouri voters want to see and what they're willing to vote on. We'll hear why abortion rights supporters disagree over what a ballot item should actually do. Plus, many Kansas homeowners say they're frustrated with rising property taxes. Now lawmakers are taking notice. We'll hear what the legislature might do about it. But first, some headlines. Kansas Attorney General Chris Kobach is asking federal judges in the state to stop requiring the use of pronouns that differ from a person's assigned sex at birth in the courtroom. Rose Conlin of the Kansas News Service reports it's the latest move by the Republican to limit legal recognition of transgender Kansans. Kobach says several district court judges within the Tenth Circuit require parties to use the preferred pronouns of attorneys, litigants, and witnesses. He says some lawyers in his office have religious beliefs that prevent them from using pronouns that differ from a person's sex assigned at birth, and requiring them to do so is a potential First Amendment violation. Kobach recently helped bar transgender and non-binary Kansans from changing the gender on their birth certificates. He's involved in an ongoing legal battle over driver's license changes. Hundreds of low-income homeowners on Kansas City's west side will get a break on their property tax bills this year. KCUR's Salisa Kalakal has more. Under the redevelopment plan, west side homeowners making less than $75,000 a year pay property taxes equal to 2.65% of their income. That's a blessing for 67-year-old Juana Martinez, who can now afford her taxes. She's lived in her home for 35 years. I thank God that I have a house to stay, you know, a place to stay. And I love the West Side. Volunteers working on the program say about 53% of West Side homeowners have signed up in its first year. A local violence prevention organization says it's helped decrease homicides in the Santa Fe neighborhood by 78 percent. KCUR's Savannah Holly-Bates reports. According to the Kansas City Police Department, about 20 percent of all homicides in the city happen inside a four-mile radius that includes the Santa Fe neighborhood. KC360 set out to change that. So far this year, there have been seven fewer homicides than last year in the area. Kansas City Councilmember Raina Park Shaw said everyone has a role to play in decreasing gun violence. While we have a, a small glimmer of hope in a historically bad year of homicides in Kansas City, the evidence is there that if we work together, we can solve this. The organization's strategies to target homicides include conflict resolution training, outreach to victims and likely victims, and weekly meetings with the police. We'll be back after this. This podcast is looking for good deals on great food, but sometimes we need to grab a bite late at night. What are some of your favorite late-night happy hours in the KC Metro? Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply.
Proponents of abortion rights in Missouri are energized to repeal one of the strictest abortion bans in the nation. But they've run into two obstacles, disagreement over what the proposal should actually do and legal efforts that could run out the clock. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports. There will be decorum in here, members and guests. It's May 2019 in Jefferson City, and Republicans are trying to restore order after demonstrators interrupted debate. Soon, legislators will pass a bill that will ultimately ban most abortions in the state. No exceptions for rape or incest, just medical emergencies. And in the middle of the particularly intense and emotional proceedings, Democratic Minority Leader Crystal Quaid uttered this statement that would prove to be prophetic. I'm sorry there aren't enough of us in this chamber to stop this. I'm sorry you're viewed as second-class citizens. Now it's up to you to change this. Flash forward to 2023, and Missourians could very well get a chance to legalize abortion next year. There have been 17 abortion-related ballot items submitted in Missouri this year, and a couple of them may be put before the state's voters. The proposals have huge differences. A group called Missourians for Constitutional Freedom submitted 11 initiative petitions that vary in different ways. But Mallory Schwarz of Abortion Action Missouri says they would all expand access to abortion beyond what was available in the state before the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. We know that there are folks who believe that banned states are already too far gone, that they should focus on building up so-called safe haven states like our neighbors in Illinois. And what we want people to know is you have to do both. Other ideas are more modest. The Missouri Women and Family Research Fund submitted six initiatives allowing abortion in the cases of fatal fetal abnormalities, incest, or rape when someone calls in to a crisis hotline. It is dangerous to be pregnant in Missouri. That's Jamie Corley of the Missouri Women and Family Research Fund. While most of the opponents of the state's abortion ban are Democrats, Corley is a Republican. And she says that her proposals could have a decent shot at replacing an abortion ban that she deems to be extreme. We must have a different assessment of what Missouri voters want to see and what they're willing to vote on. State lawmakers who supported the ban, like State Senator Bill Eigel, have shown no interest in implementing exceptions for rape or incest. It's possible that in spite of two decades of electoral experience of sending all these pro-life Republicans like myself to Jefferson City, that the people of this state may have a change of heart. I would find that to be very unlikely, uh, even in 2024 and beyond. Colleen McNicholas of Planned Parenthood of the St. Louis region in southwest Missouri says that sort of reaction showcases the pitfalls of an incremental approach. She also says it misinterprets what voters actually want. And they really are ready to sort of put their vote to the ballot box and say, you know, no, that's enough. We really are here to support people's access to abortion, and and individuals should be the ones making that decision. It's not a sure thing that Missourians will actually vote on an abortion-related initiative next year. Some abortion rights proponents have raised alarm that litigation over the estimated cost of the initiatives and ballot summaries could run out the clock to collect signatures before next May. 
GOP political consultant Greg Keller says the time-consuming legal action poses a real threat. So I'm a little bit dubious about these making on the ballot in the first place. But Don Logue of Baldwin says he expects voters like him will be energized by the possibility of repealing the state's abortion ban. Those are personal issues, and they should not be making decisions for women as to what their values are. Any abortion initiative will need more than 171,000 signatures by May to go before Missouri voters next year. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Taxpayers across Kansas voiced concerns at public hearings this fall in the wake of another year of large property tax increases. Lawmakers in Topeka are taking notice, and that could lead to more changes to tax laws, including a potential constitutional amendment. Kansas News Service reporters Dylan Lyson and Joe Bluebaugh discussed the plans lawmakers might consider. So, Joe, it appears there's a lot of frustration among homeowners because of rising property taxes. Uh, What have you seen at the public hearings you've attended this fall? Dylan, there is definitely some frustration among taxpayers after several years of rather steep property tax increases. Many of those increases are being driven by rising home values, and most of the property taxes that are collected go to fund local governments and schools. But at the hearings that I attended, I sense that many taxpayers felt their frustrations were falling on deaf ears. The majority of the people that spoke at these hearings were in opposition to the rising taxes, especially from those that were on fixed incomes. And one of the common themes I heard over and over again was a fear of people being taxed out of their homes. I see. I've heard similar complaints, and I know there are some ideas on ways to reel in rising taxes. Uh, What have you heard? There has been a push by local governments to restore a tax fund that uses state money to help reduce those local property taxes. However, that hasn't been funded since 2003. Commonly referred to as the LAVTR, local governments say it directly offsets local taxes dollar for dollar, so it will reduce property taxes. But Republicans say they're not interested, saying it was used as a slush fund and didn't actually reduce taxes. In fact, Republican Speaker Dan Hawkins says he plans to do away with the fund in the upcoming session. The last five years that LAVTR was actually funded, taxes went up 7.6%. We're going to repeal that, and that way that'll take that argument away from them once and for all. So if lawmakers do away with that fund, what do they intend to do for property tax relief? Well, while the majority of property taxes do fund local governments and school districts, there still is a significant part that is controlled by the state primarily that piece that funds education. Republican leadership say they plan to introduce some legislation that will reduce those property taxes and replace them with monies directly from the state general fund. But Dylan, I know there's some other options to address property taxes that are also in the works. So what have you been hearing about? This past spring, uh, Republican lawmakers proposed an amendment to the state constitution that would cap yearly property valuation increases to 4%. So that would limit these large spikes that a lot of people have been seeing. And that plan has already passed the Kansas Senate. So it's off to the House. The House can consider that plan this upcoming session in 2024. And if they approve it, it will be sent to voters for final authorization. Critics say that plan disproportionately benefits wealthier Kansans with more valuable homes. And it doesn't necessarily stop tax increases because local governments can still raise the tax rate, even if they're limited on raising home values. I see. So that's the Republican plan. But didn't Democrats propose an amendment as well? 
The Democratic plan would shift more property taxes from residential homes to commercial and agricultural properties. Uh, that plan calls for decreasing how much a residential property's value can be taxed. Currently, homes are taxed at 11.5% of their assessed value, but that would actually drop to 9%. However, commercial property and agricultural land would not see that same benefit. So owners of that land would end up paying more in taxes to make up the difference. So yeah, that's going to be a really tough sell to the Republican-controlled legislature. Richard Auksher of the Tax Policy Institute says neither amendment is really that good of a strategy. He says it's better to chip away at property tax than make sweeping changes. He would much rather go slow. Um, and not overextend yourself, then try and go back and fix something that you've done. Auksher says lawmakers should focus on more targeted tax relief, you know, like providing specific tax refunds to retired homeowners. That was Kansas News Service reporters Dylan Lyson and Joe Bluebaugh. KCUR's Kansas News Service reports on health, the many factors that influence it, and their connection to public policy. Find more at ksnewsservice.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujiadi. This podcast is produced by Byron Love, Anna Schmidt, and KCUR's studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Jason's story on the abortion rights ballot initiatives and Joe's story on property taxes in Kansas, visit kcur.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. If you like our show and want to help us out, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. It really helps us reach new listeners. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.